Welcome back everyone. Today I'm going to tell you which 10 dividend growth stocks I am buying right now. Figuring out which stock to buy at any given moment is very difficult, at least for me it is. Do I invest in stock A or add to stock B? And which choice will yield better results? I'm going to tell you what stocks I am buying right now. But I'm not telling you this because I think you should buy the same stocks. What I want to do is give you a glimpse of the way I make this decision, and hopefully you can take away something that can improve your process. Alright, let's talk about the stocks first, and then I'll explain how I selected them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In alphabetical order we have Amgen, Bull Corporation, BlackRock, Home Depot, Hormel, Intercontinental Exchange, Johnson & Johnson, Sherwin-Williams, T. Rowe Price Group, and Visa. These are the 10 stocks I added money to on Tuesday, February 21st, after my weekly contribution posted in my brokerage account. Most of what I do when it comes to investing revolves around quantitative data, so why should the future allocation of my capital be any different? The best way to remove emotions from the decision process is to use a little help from some simple math. I have a basic spreadsheet of my current portfolio, and every time I make a contribution to my brokerage account, I update the spreadsheet, and I have it tell me which stocks this new money should be invested in. This way, I can focus more of my time on finding companies I want to own, while letting a formula tell me how to allocate my new capital. Before any of you get overly judgmental, let me say it myself. This is probably not the best process to follow, but I find that I am pretty comfortable with the way it works, and it has worked well for me. My largest brokerage account that has a little more than $120,000 in capital right now has been following this strategy since December of 2020. The individual holdings in this portfolio have changed during this time, as I have moved out of stocks I no longer believed were beneficial to own, and I added new stocks where I saw long-term opportunity. Since December of 2020, this portfolio has outpaced the S&P 500 by 6.48% in total, or 2.72% on an annualized basis. The annualized return for this 26-month period is 9.94%, which I think is pretty good given the bumpy ride we had in the market last year. The portfolio currently holds 57 stocks, each with a target allocation between 1 and 3%, depending on how much confidence I have in the future growth potential for a given company. I review these holdings at least once per year to determine whether I want to continue to hold them in my portfolio. And throughout the year, I consider adding new stocks as they come up in my research. Each time I add or remove a stock from this portfolio, the target weights are adjusted. My formula for selecting where to invest new capital accounts for these changes and tells me which stocks I need to allocate this capital to in order to bring my portfolio closer to its overall target allocation. So you may be wondering why I spend so much time looking at dividend yield theory if it's not included in my investing process. But it actually is included in two places here. The first is part of my research of new companies. After I review company fundamentals and make my assumptions about the future growth potential, I will also use dividend yield theory to review the stock's valuation. The second place I use dividend yield theory is in the stock selection formula in my portfolio. On top of having a target allocation for each stock, I also have a tactical allocation that is influenced by dividend yield theory. The way this works is if a stock is currently undervalued, my formula will increase the target allocation for that specific stock, while simultaneously lowering the target allocation for an overvalued stock. This dividend yield tactical buffer is set at 10% of my portfolio. This means overvalued stocks collectively give up 5% of their allocations, and this 5% is split amongst the target allocations of the undervalued stocks. 
The tactical adjustment is based on the original target weight for each position and the percentage of over or undervaluation for that given stock. So a stock with a 3% target weight will have a larger boost if it is undervalued compared to a stock with a 1% target weight. Also a stock that is 40% undervalued will see a larger boost than a stock that is only 5% undervalued. These tactical changes are updated automatically as stock prices and dividend yields fluctuate throughout the day. So where I invest new capital changes all of the time, and where the actual money ends up being invested just depends on what my contribution posts to my brokerage account. Let me give you an example. Apple and Home Depot each have a 3% target weight in my portfolio right now. Based on dividend yield theory, Apple looks about 40% overvalued today, while Home Depot looks about 1% undervalued. My tactical weight for Apple right now is 2.6%, and the tactical weight for Home Depot is 3.01%. So while I like both stocks equally, hence the 3% target weight for each, I am investing a little more into Home Depot right now than I am into Apple. The objective of this tactical adjustment is to allow me to allocate more capital to stocks that are potentially more attractively valued today. But the overall target allocation approach still allows me to add money to stocks I believe in, but ones that may not present the best valuation today. Valuations are not a perfect science, and we get them wrong all of the time. Some stocks never look undervalued, yet they go on to generate phenomenal returns. I don't want to shorthand myself by missing out on investing in stocks I believe in, just because they appear to be more expensive than I'd like. But since I like using valuations as part of my investing process, I want to invest more capital into stocks I believe present an attractive entry point. Another benefit of my tactical allocation is that it allows me to pick up a few extra basis points of yield from my future contributions. Take my current portfolio for example. Right now it has a dividend yield of 2.05%. My target allocation has a dividend yield of 2.06%. So not much of a difference there, but my tactical asset allocation has a dividend yield of 2.1%, which is also not a whole lot more, but it is 4 extra basis points over my target allocation, and 5 basis points higher than my actual portfolio. So my new contributions and reinvested dividend stream capture these few extra basis points. It's not much, but over a long enough period of time, it could amount to a sizable difference. This is the crazy strategy I follow, and it has worked well for me. I get to spend more of my time researching companies I want to own, and less time focusing on how to split my weekly stock purchases. Out of curiosity, let's take a look at the dividend yield theory chart for each of the 10 stocks I bought today to see how they are valued right now. Let me load all of the tickers into my DYT screener tool. First we have Amgen, Ball Corporation, BlackRock, Home Depot, Hormel, Intercontinental Exchange, Johnson & Johnson, Sherwin-Williams, T. Rowe Price Group, and Visa. And let's crunch the data. So it took a good 30 seconds for Google to do its magic and crunch the dividend yield theory analysis for each of these 10 stocks. And at first glance, we can see that all of them look potentially undervalued right now. Let's pull them up one by one so we can see the chart for each of these stocks. So first up is Amgen, and it looks about 16% undervalued right now, with a current dividend yield of 3.54%. So overall, Amgen has a pretty good looking dividend yield theory chart. And more recently, the stock looks to have dipped into that deep undervalued zone. We can also see that there is some merit to using dividend yield theory as a valuation technique for the stock. The performance analysis suggests that investing in the stock when it's undervalued based on dividend yield theory has provided a little bit of a better return. Up next is Ball Corporation. Let's pull up the chart. So dividend yield theory tells us the stock looks about 32% undervalued right now, and it has a dividend yield of 1.39%. It's been kind of a bumpy past 12 months for the company, as the stock really fell in 2022 but it did plateau around the $50 range and has come back up a little bit more recently. On account of the decline in 2022, Ball Corporation has a pretty awful average return during our 6-year test window of minus 2.55%. However, using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to about 3.97%. I like the company in the long term, and I think this is a good time to get in. 
Up next is BlackRock. Let's pull up the chart. So based on dividend yield theory, BlackRock looks about 7% undervalued, with a dividend yield of 2.79%. From the chart, we can see that BlackRock was much more attractive a few months ago when it traded closer to $500 per share, but it still looks pretty reasonably valued today. Using dividend yield theory in the 6-year test window would have improved our return from 9.07% to 15.81%. That's a pretty sizable difference. Up next is Home Depot that just recently announced a dividend hike of 10%. Home Depot looks about 10% undervalued right now and has a dividend yield of 2.63%. It has a great looking dividend yield theory chart with all the valuation zones climbing higher over time. Using the theory would have also improved our return during the 6-year test window from 11.63% to 15.18%. Up next is Hormel. Let's pull up the chart. The stock looks about 14.6% undervalued right now and has a dividend yield of 2.4%. The chart looks pretty good with all the valuation zones climbing higher, and we can see that the stock is generally traded in the undervalued zone. It has a pretty below average return during our 6-year test window of just 4.1%, and using dividend yield theory would have only improved that return to 4.33%. Up next is Intercontinental Exchange. Let's pull up the chart. The company looks about 18% undervalued right now, with a dividend yield of 1.57%. Another pretty good looking dividend yield theory chart, and we can see after the share price dropped in 2022 to its current level. The stock appears to be much more attractively valued. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 6.11%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved that return to 10.19%. Up next is Johnson & Johnson. Let's pull up the chart. Based on dividend yield theory, the company looks about 5% undervalued right now, with a dividend yield of 2.82%. I really like the dividend yield theory chart for Johnson & Johnson, because you can see the actual price for the stock trending very well along the fair value zone. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 5.64%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved that return to 7.97%. Up next is Sherwin-Williams, and it looks about 15% undervalued right now, with a dividend yield of 1.05%. Another great-looking dividend yield theory chart that implies the stock has been much more attractively valued since the beginning of 2022. The average daily return for the stock has been 6.84% during our 6-year test window, and using dividend yield theory would have improved that return to 14.7%. Up next is Tiro Price Group, and it looks about 29% undervalued right now, with a dividend yield of 4.11%. Tiro's share price has really struggled last year, along with the overall market, but I think we may have found our bottom here in this $100 to $130 range. The company has a pretty awful average daily return during our 6-year test window of just 0.87%, but using dividend yield theory would have improved this average return to 8.22%. And the final company today is Visa. Visa looks about 18% undervalued right now, with a dividend yield of 0.81%. I think Visa is a great dividend growth stock to own, and you can see from this chart that the stock doesn't often trade in the undervalued zone. The stock price has flattened out around the $200 range over the last year and a half or so, and I think this was a great period of time to build out a position in this company, as I have done. Because once the market gets back on track, Visa will go back to being overvalued. During the last 7 years, it has been overvalued more often than it has been undervalued, only presenting a few unique opportunities to get in based on dividend yield theory. The average daily return during our 6-year test window was 10.25%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 13.86%. There you have it, these are the 10 dividend growth stocks that I bought today. And this is the crazy process I follow to invest my money.